right, this is the Big Kid Show. I am Big Nick, and thanks for kicking it, even if it's just for a little bit with us. With me, I got Mark and Mr. B. Thank you, boys and girls. We welcome and appreciate your applause. Tonight, we are trading war stories. That's right. The three of us have completed several solo missions of our own, but we have also served together in the foxhole. And that this, of course, is a battle, a battle that is won in the trenches. I am talking about the battle that is called life. Oh, once again, the crowd goes wild. All right, gents. All right, big kids. Let's talk about some of our favorite concert moments, some of our favorite live show moments. It's time to trade some war stories. Who wants to go first? Oh, Big Nick, I'm just going to cut right in front of Mini Marcus and just, I'm going to start it off, buddy. So, (laughs) Mr. B, being a above average bass player, happened to to, uh, play in yeah, no, contested but above average. Uh, played in a few bands of his own. So with who? Of, uh, you wouldn't know oh. of them, but yeah, I don't think I met him. I was playing with a band at the time called One Finger Grip, and we were playing a place in Covington, Kentucky, called the Mad Hatter, and we were opening up for a band which the name would probably escape all of you, but they were called Black Market Hero. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So the reason why that's important to me is the lead singer of that band was also the lead singer of a band called 40 Below Summer, which was a band that me, Minnie Marcus, and the rest of our bandmates really liked, right? Great band. Yeah. So we were really, so when we had the opportunity to open up for him, of course, we took it. Uh, We get to the show, you know, you load up all your stuff. The guys show up. We actually approached the singer and said, we play one of your songs from your other band. Would you want to come on stage with us and do it? And, you know, thinking he would probably be like, screw you guys. And he completely said, let's do it. I'm in. And I remember even I was like ecstatic. I was like, oh, man, I got to be on stage with this guy, which, again, a name that most people would know, Max Illage, lead singer. What a of great Blue name, Thumb. though. Yeah, Max, Max Illage. Yeah. Illage. So, of course, we're in our set. We're playing. We, we do. We cover this song, which was called Rope. By 40 Below Summer, if you want to look that song up. And I just, Please I mean, there's, do. Yeah, there's even, someone has a few pictures out there of us playing, but we're on stage yep. with this guy that I just looked up to as a musician at the time. I mean, this was probably 2005, 2006. Yeah, I think was, 2006 was when the Black Market Hero demo dropped, which is okay. what they were pushing. So yeah, it's probably right around there. 2006. Yep. But one of my favorite moments, again, was just, being on stage, we played the song. We killed the song. I mean, you know, a crowd that for the Mad Hatter was a couple hundred people, which, I mean, for most people would say that's not a big deal, but it was a good crowd. It was fun. And then what was even more fun was afterwards kind of hanging out with him and some of the bandmates. Uh, we had one of our, we'll call him buddies, um, and the lead singer kept calling him Exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's right and and he uh he, he he happened to take a nap after apparently consuming too many alcoholic beverages and he popped up did a little stumble thing and knocked over this table that had like 90 beer bottles on it <laughs> and i'm not exaggerating that it wasn't like 10 or 20 it's like like the whole it was an explosion all of the band's beer bottles were on this one table and just went everywhere and i remember even Max, the 
lead singer I'm talking about, his expression to that was just hilarious. Like yeah. it was just really cool to be kind of part of that. And but he was super cool about it. I mean, super it, cool. It's hilarious cool. because like beer went everywhere, and like <laughs> I looked over and expected him to be like, "You guys are." effing crazy i'm out of here and he was just like it's cool man <laughs> i think he even like helped us pick up a oh, couple yeah. of the bottles yeah we cleaned Super up nice beer guy. bottles from the mad hatter with one of the guys i really enjoyed as an artist max illage and so that was Absolutely. one of my favorite live show moments and it was just it was really awesome to me so yeah and side note listen to the song rope by 40 below summer it'll 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 make you feel good for the day yeah, if you're into like heavier music of any sort, it's, de- it's definitely rock. Definitely go check out Forty Below Summer. And actually, uh, Mr. B, I don't know if you know know this, but they um, are actually putting out or working on new material for a new release. So they've oh, got a little bit oh, of a reunion oh, going. I know on. that me and me and Max Illich uh, text daily. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so shout out to Max. That was awesome. Yes, um, definitely good times. Well, I'll I'll jump in right after you, Mr. B. And, um, mine is kind of like, I went to a lot of festivals, right? That was like kind of my thing, especially, you know, as I really got into music and, you know, obviously as Mr. B will attest to, you know, when I was in my younger heyday, I definitely got a lot more into the heavier side of things. 30 Um, years ago when he were a a wee mini Marcus. Exactly. So there was a couple. He was in his late (laughs) thirties. It was. It was a. It was a changing time. A time of change for me. And uh, there was a couple festivals where, like, little things stood out to me. Right. You know, sometimes you have those memories where you just have these like little things that stand out. So the first one was 1997 Lollapalooza at Riverbend. So I remember going to that show, um, and as soon as we pulled up. Corn was going to be one of the headliners on that on that uh, show mm-hmm. on that festival, and literally, I I was so excited, so stoked. That was so ninety seven. So I was like sixteen, right, <laughs> sixteen or seventeen, just ready to 37, like thirty seven. Don't lie. I was ready to rock, and uh, I get out of the car, open it. I'm waiting for the other people to get out of the car, and on the loudspeaker, they've got this announcement. Corn has canceled. They will not be <laughs> playing at the show today. I guess Monkey, that one of the guitar players, got viral meningitis. Mm. And the first show that he missed was the 97 Lollapalooza. That you were supposed to watch. That I was supposed to watch. Now, I will say this. What I still got to watch was still pretty freaking awesome. So I got to see Tool. I got to see The Prodigy. I got to see Snoop Dogg. The Bob Marley, the sons, but the brothers. And then a little side bonus on the side stage. Well, that shows you how old this is. Beck was on the side stage oh, yeah. at Lollapalooza. I'm right? a loser, baby. I'm a loser, baby. So that's that's one. Me? I've got a 2001 Ozfest. And this was like a, this is also a Riverbend star studded lineup, right? So you've got Ozzy, obviously, at Ozfest. And man, do I miss Ozfest. What a great festival. Um, Pantera, Godsmack, Static X, Incubus, Methods of Mayhem, Tommy Lee, for anybody who didn't uh, know that he had a little side project there, and uh, Disturbed. So obviously in 2000, Disturbed was just on their ascension. So they were actually scheduled to be second stage, and they got moved over to the main stage. Well, 
I had some of the seats. I won't, I won't tell you guys how I got the actual seats and not out on the lawn, but I was in the seat section and I had to get up and go use the bathroom. So I get up to go use the bathroom and this is right after Disturbed had finished. The guitar player from Disturbed is coming up the aisle way at Riverbend and literally me and him, like I see him coming up and we kind of just cross paths right at the same time. And I'm like, well, I'm going to just ask this dude for an autograph and you never know what to expect with rock stars. Right. right. Sometimes you get the guy that's like super cool. And other times you get the guy that's like, I'll rip your face <laughs> off. <laughs> the guy from Disturb, like literally super, super nice. And actually sat there and like bullcrap me with me for like two minutes. Like that dude did not have to do that. So I thought that was a, a super cool. Awesome. Stand up move. Um, and then my last one, I know I'm kind of piling on here with the festivals, but 2013 Rock on the Range up in Columbus. Um, it was the Soundgarden. You had Alice in Chains. You had Bush, Seven Dust, Lamb of God, whole, a whole bunch of good good bands. Um, Alice in Chains, maybe one of the greatest live performances I've ever seen. Unfortunately, it was with the new singer, but absolutely unbelievable. Um, Bush in 2013 blew me away how good they were. Hmm. I mean, they were like a big thing back in the day. Right. Oh, and nine, late nineties when that first album came out, yeah, they were super popular. I mean, yeah, they they were all over the place. Um, but I think what really makes it stick out for me was my buddy. We'll call him um, Bobby. Talked me into going to second stage. Uh, so this was on oh. May nineteenth <laughs> of two thousand thirteen. Talked me into going to second base. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you watch your a, mouth, big This is Nick. an interesting festival for you, wasn't it? <laughs> this is a family show. So he talks me into going second stage. This show was on May 19th. I was scheduled to be married literally less than two weeks later to my wife. And basically... <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> when I went to second stage, Bobby was a huge fan of a band called In This Moment. Have you guys ever heard of them before? Yes. So it's a female-fronted band. They're actually pretty heavy, right? And second stage of Rock on the Range, he was obsessed. So he's like, we got to go all the way to the front. So we're literally two bodies from the front cage right in front of the stage. And I remember looking back, and there was at least like eight to 10,000 people behind me at second stage. It was just absolutely packed. They start playing their show, and I will preface this. I've been in a lot of mosh pits in my day, right? Nothing I was a stranger to, but the show started, and somebody decided to crowd surf within like the first 20 seconds of the first song. (laughs) The guy kicks me in the back of the head. My teeth (laughs) slam together and literally a chunk of my front tooth comes off. And I'm like, my first reaction is, dude, I'm getting married in less than two weeks. I got to get wedding pictures. I'm about to have no tooth. Luckily, it was just like a shaving off the back of my tooth. And then I had to go into the mosh pit and kick some ass. But uh, but yeah, that definitely stood out. You got yeah. you got kicked so hard in the back of your head, you tooth chipped. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I was not oh. a happy camper, to say the least. Oh, buddy, that's a good story. <laughs> See, life is a battle. We're yeah. talking about the war that is that life. Scar. That was a scar. Marcus almost lost a tooth. Pre-wedding. Mr. B's friend like. 
comes wakes up out of a out of a, a drinking coma stumbles into a table <laughs> full of 120 beers and spills everybody's drink it was only exhibit. it was only it was only 90 and it was exhibit exhibit's allowed to do that yeah so this when we came up with this topic as interesting as it is it was kind of a a real stroll down memory lane and also like a, um, uh, you know, there's some, some blank spots along the way, <laughs> to be honest with you, on that memory lane. What would so, cause that big, Nick? I, I, you know, I don't recall. know. I've, I've been very lucky. I've been to a lot of concerts. <laughs> um, I've seen Ozzy, Black Sabbath, a lot of the bands you guys have already mentioned, Metallica, Megadeth, Pantera, Corn, Limp Biscuit. I saw corn and limp biscuit in a place that only held about 2000 people. That's awesome. That was phenomenal. Same here. One thing I was thinking about here, we all say limp biscuit, right? Am I wrong? Am I saying limp biscuit, but it's biscuit. It's not biscuit. It's biscuit. Yeah. What the hell are we doing? Right. What are we doing? So I've been lucky enough to see snot, uh, system of a down, the chili peppers. I've not, I've seen 311 way too many times. Like they're well, not even a favorite band of mine, but I've seen them like 15 times for some reason, maybe more. My bucket and what list. we run into is Big Nick lives in a city that gets these bands a lot faster than Minnie Marcus and I do. So that's yeah, exactly. why you you punk. I've seen Incubus, Weezer, Tool, Perfect Circle, Aerosmith. I'm name dropping. All right, all right. We know you've Van seen Halen with Diamond Dave. You've seen you did a lot of dirty things to get into a lot of yeah. shows. We all many, understand, Big Nick. How many hand jobs did you go get to go to those shows? You know what's you, you know many? what's wild is that I saw Van Halen with Diamond Dave down at Riverbend uh, in your guys' neck of the woods. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. And I was lucky enough to see Prince. Ooh, that's there's a, that there's a, a show for awesome show. show. Yeah, that'd be a good show. So this story does not come from any of those big big names that I just mentioned. Uh, it comes from a, <laughs> a concert that was titled "Roar, Roar," which is hard for me to say. Tour, Katy Perry, 1998. Ooh, okay. and it, when I looked it up, it's actually R period O period A period R period, which I don't know what it stands for. I didn't bother to go that far into the research, but <laughs> yeah, we will look. It that stands up. for something. And so this was one of those festivals. So I was surprised that I didn't see Mark at this festival, <laughs> getting his teeth knocked. <laughs> oh, out. I was there. I was there. You didn't now see this. Me? This one featured several bands. They had the side stage. They had the main stage. And I can't recall all the bands that were there that day. And actually, I think that I was there more for some of the bands on the side stage rather than the main stage. I don't think this was a concert that I chose to go to. I think it was one that I was going along with some friends. Anyway, on the main stage, the main features uh, would be the Bloodhound Gang was there, uh, Sponge. These are some bands going kind of way back and Iggy pop. And I do enjoy me some Iggy pop. I don't know how anybody that loves rock and roll cannot enjoy you some Iggy pop. Right. Absolutely. So we're there all day long. I got to see all the bands I wanted to on the side stage. We venture over and um, I believe we had seats and we're watching on the main stage. Bloodhound gang was they weren't memorable. I don't recall anything about their their set. <laughs> and I like okay. a couple of their songs. Yeah. Um, I recall a little bit of the Sponge set, but they weren't they weren't you know didn't blow my skirt up at all. 
and then Iggy Pop comes on, and this guy, uh, he's electric, right? He's wild as as all get out. And of course, I'm just I'm glued in, and I'm really honing in on what he's doing. And he runs up to the front of the stage, and he jumps off, and nobody caught him. Oh no! Oh no! Iggy Pop was probably in his fifties. Nobody. Then. I don't he know went if Pop. Oh, yeah, man. I don't know if the people didn't appreciate him uh, as as much as they should, or oh. if they were not anticipating the jump. But he le- he he leaped off the front of the stage, and he went Poor straight Iggy. to straight to the crust of the earth, my friends. He went into the magma. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then they they Hot took him magma. A, they took him away on a stretcher, and that was the end of. Are you set. serious? Well, see, you should have got your ass down there and helped catch that guy, because otherwise the wow. show would have kept going, man. That was the end of his set, and they were the final band, so that was the end of the show. The show ended abruptly. Did you ever um, find out what his injuries were? I think it was at the time. I thought he, I thought he broke his arm. You know, trying to maybe catch himself. Like, Ooh. oh, oh, nobody caught me. I better catch myself. Oh, Iggy Pop's um, not not a big guy. He's a he's a rail, so he probably just right. snapped bones. And I yeah. think uh, I don't think he actually broke an arm. I think he dislocated a shoulder. Um, but, uh, I've done that. That's never, he was, he was carted off as they say. And I do believe that he missed several shows after that. Um, so the roar tour was not uh, a huge success. uh, That's, that's a horrible way to go, man. Yeah. To play a show and to feel confident. I mean, I know that feeling you're up on stage. You feel like you're invincible. Catch me guys. (laughs) And then curse splat. Yeah. It's funny. I I think of, Go ahead, Big Nick. I don't think that they had played in a while. Like, I think that was like his kind of like a reunion tour kind of deal. And uh, the the fans weren't as excited about it as he was. Well, and sometimes they add those bands in that, uh, I'm again, Iggy Pop for us is a would be a popular artist. But if it's a festival geared towards slightly younger crowds, teenagers, yeah, early 20s, like they're like, we want to see band a b or c and then iggy pop comes up, like who's this skinny old dude jumping <laughs> dude around a, yeah. right, right. not rea- not realizing that you need to respect iggy pop and you know he's what made rock what it is kind of thing so well he he was in a lot of movies too i remember he so one of my favorite movies was the crow but he was in the sequel of the crow and i i just remember that movie sticking out because he was actually a perfect type of character to play that role but he was in quite a few movies too so yeah well, or Iggy. And really, all I'm thinking there, Nick, is you probably should have just been in the pit to catch him. So I kind of, I kind of <laughs> blame, I, I kind of blame his separated shoulder on you. Mostly my fault. Yeah. He probably hey. weighed what, like 160 soaking wet? Oh, uh, I was going to call him Nick. I was going to say, say 130, buddy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he could have caught him, Nick. He's all bones and hair. He could have jumped on your back, back and he could have ran right out of the show. Uh, <laughs> I, got I was way in the back. I couldn't afford the good seats. Yeah. And you know what? The people that can't afford good seats, they don't catch you when you jump off the stage. Oh, right? no. They're like, they got I got plans for after the show. They're like, I'm not right. dislocating a shoulder. Yeah, they paid $800 for those seats. They're like, I can't mess up my Tommy Hill figure while you're jumping on my you know, face. <laughs> Tommy Hill. <figure. laughs> oh. All right. Well, That's hey, I, I, I got another one. And to me, when, I, when we talk about favorite live show, live concert moments, it's one that I have to, I enjoy, but I have to preface it with that it didn't have the greatest ending, <laughs> if that makes sense. It was something that yep. was 
like amazing, but I feel bad that kind of how it went down is so again, I already admitted to being a above average bass player in a, in a multiple bands. And we were playing a show at the blue note in Cincinnati. The blue note. Yes. And this Good was, a, this was a night that we were debuting a brand new song. Right. And it was one that, I mean, it was a very hard rock song. The title <laughs> excited. Yeah. The title was wait for reason. Um, but so we're, we're look playing, it up if you haven't listened to it. Yeah, we're playing the song right. We get into it and I mean, and it's not one that builds up. It it comes in pretty heavy. It's like one, two, three, and you're rocking. And within maybe fifteen to thirty seconds of us playing the first time we've ever played the song, a massive bar brawl breaks out. <laughs> and, a real brouhaha. Yeah, a not, and, and not like like I think it started as moshing and turned into a like a very aggressive fight. It quickly, <laughs> it, quickly it, transformed. It, hey, it escalated fast. Like this Very was, fast. this was kind of like uh, Ron Ron Burgundy style. Like he was like that. That really escalated quick. I mean, to where like I'm on stage and I'm looking over at people to my left and right. I'm like, uh, these people are fighting. Like they're not, they're not having fun and dancing. They're punching each other in the face. Well, I remember thinking, like, should we? Keep going, or- yeah. and and if you can't tell, uh, Mini Marcus was also there with me. So yeah, you've he, seen the Titanic. I, you, I keep play a, you keep playing. You keep the band playing. So we yeah, did. You do keep playing. We kept playing, and at about two minutes, I think is when we're like, we probably should stop because this fight is still happening. Like it wasn't like a quick little burst. It was like it was a full blown bar <laughs> brawl. Like like literally everybody was fighting. Like they were kung fu fighting. I don't even know how kung to describe. Kung fu fighting. So, for us as a band, we were like, "Dude, our first song killed!" Literally, <laughs> like, <laughs> like lots of people. But then afterwards, like, so, like it was our last song, right? Remember, it was our last song. We're unloading, and we walk outside to go to our to like unload our gear, and the, there's like seven police cars and like thirty people lined up outside the bar. So we're like, well, that's not a very fun end ending to a show. Like everyone's got bloody noses and blood on their shirts. And I was like, oh, that's this is when metal goes wrong. No, I'm pretty sure we thought like, at the time. I'm pretty sure we thought at the time that song rocked. And <laughs> hey, when you're playing in a metal band, there's no better tribute to a band than a ridiculously violent mosh pit. And I, and I think I try to, I try to calculate Just being the, honest. the date on this one. I, th- I think it was still 2006. Yeah. And so, yeah, but like, I mean, they were some of our close friends. Like I saw them I was like, Oh dude, you got blood all over your face. You're like, yeah, I got punched in the face. So, well, I got in between a couple of these people. When we went outside. I, I didn't get involved in the fight at all, but there was some, uh, Less than nice words being thrown around when we got out for for loadout for that show. That was so. <laughs> so as much as again, we were a metal band. We were trying to get people engaged. It got it got aggressive real quick, and the vibe went from fun to prison riot real quick. <laughs> Had this been the '60s or early '70s, the band would have been arrested for inciting a riot. Uh, well, How if you know, if you notice, as the police were there, we we're trying to get the hell out of there. Right, so right. We were like, let's let's Time unload. 
Oh, we unloaded our stuff in record time, like maybe like five minutes. Like you right. ever you ever break down a drum set in five minutes? We did. Because we were, I think, afraid like we don't got no attorney. We we only made like 140 bucks in this show. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> so, no, that again, was a again, good again, crazy time. Favorite is in quotes just because it was our first debut of the song. And I mean, it was like of of a scene that I would want to do as a video. I mean, just, it was like how metal the song, I mean, the song's a very heavy hard rock song. It, I mean, there's a lot of anger behind the song. So it just kind of came out and got, got scary real quick. Raging. Yeah. Raging. You upset the apple cart. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we flipped no, the apple cart no, and then e- burned e- it. Yeah. Even, even the, the, the bartender, I think was involved in the fight and he was behind the bar. Yeah. So it's kind of, still sh- making drinks and fighting people at the same oh, time. He, he's like, Oh, you want to wash your apple? Fellow. I'll kick your ass. And he's like, <laughs> he's like making shots and punching people at the same time. Like, <laughs> Oh, good times. Well, I, I, I want to spearhead in here. I actually want to, uh, kick back to what big Nick was saying with people jumping off the stage. Cause I've got a story that, that kind of matches that. And big Nick, I know you said you saw Limp Biscuit in a small place. Um, I did the same. So in 97, I saw Deftones was the headliner. Yes. Limp Biscuit was the opener. And yeah. there was another band called Will Haven who I had never oh, heard of. Oh yeah. Their buddies mm, they played Deftones. at a place called Bogarts in Cincinnati. And that max capacity, I think is around 1500. And that's with the, the balcony and everything. Um, so I remember going, I went to go see the Deftones, right? I didn't know who the other two bands were. I had no idea who they were. And, you know, my purpose was just to go see Deftones and, hey, let's show up a little early. You know, we'll check out the opening bands and see if they're decent. I think we got there for the tail end of Will Haven. They were really heavy, but there wasn't a whole lot of people there yet at that point. When Limp Biscuit came on, um, you know, like I said, I never even heard them before. And Biscuit. They biz, kind of biz kit. Let biz me accentuate. Kit. They had like, and they did this a lot because I saw them quite a few times after this. They had like that really long, eerie intro with all of the lights off, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of to the, the almost end. to the point where you're like, are these guys going to play or is this just like an <laughs> orchestral like intro that's like four and a half minutes long? But, you know, so the lights are all out, the place is p- packed. It's, you know, black inside the place. You can't see anything except for the person that's next to you. And there's this eerie kind of ghostly sound going on. And then they started off. This was when $3 Bill, y'all, was the only album they had out. $3 Bill, y'all. And they started playing the <laughs> intro. <laughs> they started playing the intro riff to Pollution, which is the second track off that album. Oh, which, yeah. if you've heard that guitar track... It's one of those guitar tracks that you can hear it, and you were like, excuse my language, some shit is about to go down. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you get that feeling like something's about to go south. (sighs) And I remember they came in, the lights come on, and the place was shoulder to shoulder sold out by the time Limp Bizkit started. The floor, everybody in unison was coming off the floor jumping and I swear, I thought the the ground was going to like cave in. It was the crazy. And I didn't even know who these guys were. I'd never heard them. Right. I'm what, 16, 17. I'm like, what is going on? And maybe this is the greatest thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. 
Like right? A like, like a chocolate. Limp Biscuit, my new favorite band. And then the guy starts rapping, and I'm like, it's getting better. They're like rocking out hardcore, and they got some hip hop stuff going on. So you got encapsulated just, by the Bizkit. The the Bizkit came stale and hard. <laughs> right. So that was the first part. That's not even the highlight of the story, though. So Limp Biscuit played their set. Obviously, they had, I think Faith was their only really popular song yeah. at that point. The George Michael. So I recognized cover. that when they played it. Yeah. But um, so they got done. And then Deftones, like I said, was really who I came there to see. And, and um, you know, Deftones, they've had a mixed review when it comes to live performances. Some people have <laughs> is, is that said the they ni- like that, their live is, performance. Is that the nice way to say that their live shows aren't always very good? Other people have not. I, I enjoyed their live performances. I've seen them a couple times, and I've thought it was quality every time. I'm so, a, de- I'm a Death Chino and fan company. And keep through, up the but, good work. Yeah, but I've, 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 I've heard that and seen that. So, well, that's your see- Yeah, not good. So, Deftones came on, and the place was literally a madhouse. Right now, I already said like it was sold out. Right, so it was a sold out show, packed. Um, but they're, you know, at that point, I think. I think they had their first two albums out, but Deftones started playing a little track called Seven Words. So if you guys aren't familiar with that track, it's kind of a nice. This song is just seven words long. The song is just seven words. Like, man, this could be like elevator music. It's kind of chill. It's relaxed. And he kind of starts like breathy rapping a little bit. And then he starts losing his mind on the chorus. Right. So the whole place starts going nuts. Well, there's a place about halfway through that song in the bridge that the band stops like playing and-, and Chino kind of like before the bridge, I knew the album, so I knew what was coming, but I can see Chino and I'm watching him and Bogarts has these double stacked speakers that yep. are probably like 30 feet high on both sides. And that's not and- even, that's not even exaggeration. That's correct. Yeah. And and I start to see him like slowly climbing these speakers, oh, and I'm like, buddy. oh man, like he's getting up there, dude. Like he's on the first level, he's pulling, then he's up, on he's the second level, jam. and then for the last chorus right before the bridge, he's all the way on the top, and I'm like, dude, that's gonna be a long climb down. Let's see how he does that artfully. Well, what Chino decides to do is right on the bridge, and look up the song if you haven't heard it. It literally is what I would call an exact explosion. And right when the song explodes, Chino leaps. And I'm not talking like falls, gently jumps. I'm talking leaps off of the top speaker at Bogart's. goes (laughs) flying through the air, singing in the air and gets caught on like Iggy Pop. Sorry, Iggy. He he didn't get Iggy'd. Chino got caught. Now, I'll be honest, the people underneath him probably didn't see it coming. And if they weren't paying attention, they got smashed. Somebody (laughs) got kicked in the face, I guarantee. Yeah. And there was not enough room in the place since it was sold out for him to even hit the floor. So he, if if you didn't catch him, he landed on your shoulders, your your neck, but your your girlfriend's back. (laughs) Talk about the craziest thing I've ever seen live. I've never seen a guy jump off of speakers that high. And land it and keep rolling right through it. Just unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. So from that moment on, adored the Deftones. Deftones fans for life, son. For life. So 
before we move on, I do want to I want to talk Deftones real quick. Oh yes, um, please. So I saw them live once, and it doesn't sound promising. Yeah, no, it, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was the sound guy or if it was them, but I couldn't mm. make heads or tails out of anything they were doing. I mean, I. Well, I couldn't hear I couldn't hear that? Chino for half this. Big but Nick, remember, you, you Chino might had the voice problem for a long time. Didn't yeah, he have a yeah. throat issue for a long time? And, and Big Nick, are you talking about Ozfest? That would have been Ozfest three. So I think you and I actually went to that show together, and I w- also was there with you. And yes, it was bad. Yeah, and I think it was a combination of both things. I think the sound guy was not good, and Chino something was up with him. But yes. That was a disappointing show because I've seen them before and I was like, what is, what are we listening to here? Which was weird because the other bands sounded good that day. Now, now twice with Deftones, I didn't have tickets, but I sat in the parking lot. (laughs) That's how much I liked them when I was younger. Twice I sat in the parking lot and they sounded, both times I did, I did that in Columbus and I did it down in Florida when I was on vacation one time. And both times I did that, they sounded fantastic from yeah. the parking lot well, and, and so what year was that you said ozfest 3 ozfest 3 uh, probably would have been 99 would be my guess oh, so see, see, I, nick i was gonna say later than that i was gonna say like, like 2000 maybe so there uh, just so you guys are aware maybe this had something to do with it maybe it wasn't the sound guy's fault um there actually i do remember articles um i'm looking them up here it was around 2000 um that he had strep throat and decided to play anyway. Well, but so you kind of wonder with some of those guys, you, they're not going to announce it on stage. Like, Hey, I feel like crap, but I'm going to play the show anyway. Well, so you always I, wonder with any band, you know, when you see those bad performances, um, you know, what can, can contribute, but yeah, that's not the, not the first time. Unfortunately, well, and, and I remember, similar. I mean, if, if, if big Nick and I are talking about the same show, we might be off. We are. Um, I remember it wasn't just the singing. Like, oh really? Like yeah, like it was like like they, even the band was not the great. The guitars were turned up so high you it could was, not hear anything. It was, it was you like, couldn't <sighs> hear bass. You could hear drums. Oh, wow. You could hear the vocals. Yeah. It was. I mean, and I don't know if if they were a band. Like I know I've heard of bands doing this where when they do these festivals, they're like, no, we want our own sound guy. Yeah, someone bring their own. And so that guy could not know what he's doing. And it's like, mm. well, this is a festival, man. Possible. You have, you have to control the sound a little bit differently than playing a, you know, a well, everybody has off days. When I look at this closer, actually, it looks like it was a show where you guys remember the band glass jaw. They were yeah. opening. So, so I don't think this was Ozfest. So sorry, Deftones. I tried to give you an out. I got nothing. Yeah. Well, and it's just because <laughs> I I've seen them after that and they were on point. So that's yeah. what, you know, and it, you kind of get into, I'm sure every band has yeah. their good and bad days. and For sure. You know, For but sure. yes, I, if Big and Nick and I are talking about the same show, it was like we both were like, what was that? Like we were kind of sad. We, we have to be talking about the same show. You keep saying that, but we've only been to one Deftone concert <laughs> together. Oh, I thought we'd been to a the couple together. The 2000s and late 90s are, yeah. are foggy I, for so I, to be. I'm not certain because it's a little bit blurry, but I believe I've only actually seen them live once. Okay. I believe two other times I sat in the parking well, lot. Well, hang on. Here's a here's a quick question. Was there grass being thrown around at that show? Yes. Okay. So the same show. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's um, a defining moment. Yeah, people now, were throwing sod like at people. Yeah. And like I remember I got hit in the face and had dirt in my eye. It was a it was a fun time. 
One of the times that I sat in the parking lot, Deftones I was, was at that show actually. Deftones was playing at the Al Rosa Villa, which oh, only dude. holds Ooh. like I don't know, like six hundred people. Oh, see, I was going to yeah. say maybe eight hundred. It maybe eight hundred at the most. But what you could do was they had the they had the stage and the stage like the spill off from the stage itself goes right to this back door. And most of the time, because the place gets so hot with all those people in there, they just keep the back door propped open. Right. So I just sat, I went and sat on a stool right at that back door. So I was, even though I say I'm in the parking lot, I'm really like 20 feet from them playing their show inside. No, and but I, uh, I would have bought a ticket, but they sold out in like minutes because the place didn't hold anybody. And, and I know that That's back awesome. door you're talking about, Big Nick. And uh, yeah, me too. I have I have sat and listened to m- many a bands from that back door. As long as the uh, the security guys don't think you're a dick, they let you kind of chill, and you yeah. can you can literally yeah. get the best show experience ever because you're you're closer than a lot of the closest fans because it's I mean you're getting all that reverb coming right back at you. It's awesome. I remember there was a Il Nino show that I saw at Al Rosa and it was the same thing. Like you said, something about that venue, like Mm, the body temperature of everybody around you just made that place like a sauna. Be like, dude, why are you sweating? Like it's December. I was like, well, there's 800 people. Everybody (laughs) would leave there sweating bullets. And I remember like a closet (laughs) when they would open up the doors to the, to the little patio area between bands, you would see like steam coming out of the doors like just bellowing (laughs) yeah okay so my next my next story comes from a a small place not as small as the alrosa but the newport which is on high street Mm -hmm. on campus osu campus in columbus place Place holds maybe 2000 and that includes the balconies now the concert that i'm about to talk about i don't think they opened up the upstairs which would be the balcony so we're probably talking thousand people. Uh, but the way that it works is most of those shows, and anybody that's been there knows this, most of those shows are all general admission. There's no assigned seats. Yeah, you don't you, have a seat uh, at yeah, the new board. Everyone's just like first come, first serve. So me and a couple people went to see a band called Pepper. And both of us, all three of us were really into this band at the time. And now, yeah. mind you, this this place is on campus, so most of the crowd would be about college age students, and I'm probably thirty. The group that I'm with, are, we're in our early thirties, let's say. And <laughs> Let, let's say, <laughs> well, I, I don't know the exact age of everybody, but early thirties. So we decide the way that it works is they have the uh, right in front of the stage is kind of down uh down in front very much down in front and then on to, to each side of that it's a few steps up you're a little elevated on the left and right yeah of of center stage i remember and so what we would usually do being in our early 30s going there is we would go and try to get one of those spots we'd get there right when the doors opened up so we could get right on one of those spots on the left or right it's right in front of the stage, but you don't have to fight for a spot with all the people like you would if you were down front, right? Exactly. Genius. So that's what we always did. So we found this great spot. We were right up on the on the rail, you know, right in front of the stage, left side, and it was it was my little group that I went with. Well, as we're watching the bands, there's probably three bands that night, and we were there. The headliner was Pepper. 
we were there for Pepper, but we loved the other bands too. But as the night progressed, and now that Pepper is playing, this is the highlight of the evening, right? Right. Well, there's there's like these this group of probably, I don't know, it's it's about eight or or ten uh, college guys. These are all like frat white, guys, the white hats, meat meathead looking dudes, white hats. Were their collars popped? I don't recall, but they were. <laughs> were they, they were, were, were they wearing sandals with socks? They were creeping into our into our space, into our our area, your territory. Mm. Right, right. And so, um, me and my buddy, there's only three in the group of us. And so, me and my buddy decide we're going to go up and we're going to go get some beers. Anybody that's been to the Newport will tell you the lines can get long. You're going to oh, wait. You're going to wait five, maybe two songs. You're going to wait about two songs to get a beer. Yeah, sometime. 20, 15 Engage. minutes, give or take. So we go up there, we get, we, we each come back with two beers, you know, double fisted and we've left our, our other person, our third person, our third wheel, if you will, uh, (laughs) is, is up on the rails. And, um, by now the, the meathead fraternity guys have, they're all up on the rails as well. Minus about four of them who are kind of still standing back in their normal spot where they were before when we left. Okay. And when I, I look up at the rail and um, what I can see is this, this small woman, she is choking. <laughs> She's got both of her hands around the neck of one of these fraternity guys. All right. Yikes. And she's, she's choking this giant guy. And he's kind of fighting her off at the same time. And the, the other guys are kind of loosely involved. <laughs> and I'm standing there with my two beers and, and the one, one of the frat boys looks at me and, you know, he's got his group of three or four other guys with him. And he looks at me and he goes, uh, get, he points it at the woman choking the guy. And he goes, can you, can you believe this shit? This bitch is crazy. <laughs> and I look at him and I go, I know that's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and, and immediately he apologizes uh, he goes oh, my beer <laughs> he goes oh my god man i'm so sorry i go no it's cool for now as Back long as she fuck off as long as she keeps winning but as soon as the, <laughs> if, if the other guy starts winning it's gonna get a little weird these beers are getting chucked <laughs> well they used to do a show here and i don't know if they still do but they used to run a show on saturday nights locally in columbus after Saturday Night Live. So it ran at like, what, 1 in the morning, one thirty in the morning. Uh-huh. And it was called Promo West Live. And they would show clips and cuts from live shows that happened recently in Columbus. And we just so happened to see uh, a couple Pepper songs from the show that we were at. This was a few weeks after, after the concert. <laughs> okay. And at one point, we could see a silhouette of my wife choking <laughs> a man... On the promo West Live show. <laughs> oh no, that's oh, great. That wins. That wins the story contest. Hey, so moral of the story: Don't fight Nick's wife for oh, she'll try to take you her seat. Yeah. UFC style. And if you haven't learned that, learn it quick. Quickly. Because, <laughs> yeah. She will choke out a bunch of white hats real fast. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and then casually sit back down and have a glass of Chardonnay. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, we just traded some really good war stories there, friends and foes. Uh, That... 
last one was quite the battle itself. So on that, let's end our discussion on the battle that is life. Please join us again next time in the sandbox, in the treehouse, wherever it may be. This has been the Big Kid Show. Don't get choked out, you guys. <laughs>